0: Why is Taylor Swift so popular? I recently asked this question of our younger teen. She's past 30 now, but still writes songs for teens. But her popularity is way beyond selling out concerts worldwide and approaching billionaire status. Taylor Swift so popular? She was already famous before she started dating Travis Kelsey from the Kansas City Chiefs last year. One answer I heard, she's tapped into populism. Instead of rage and fear, she's real, vulnerable, opening up a window to her life, flaws and all. Much different than earlier starlet singers who created an image larger than life of late conspiracy theories with politics. One Alabama Republican senator warning, drop the fixation, just enjoy the Super Bowl. No lightning rod. I'm thinking of a parallel with Johnny Erickson Todd Real, vulnerable, flaws and all, but different. She sees herself as a sinner in need of God's grace in Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus here on this very first day of February. We're continuing in a series called The Presence of Jesus, and with me is Haven's new president, David Wolin. Good to be with you, Charles, and this week with Johnny
1: Erickson Tata, it's really touched a nerve for a lot of people, and I mean that in a good way. There are a few people in this world who have suffered like Johnny, as long as Johnny, but all of us suffer to some degree, and that's a guarantee in life. So today, we're going to be spending a little bit of time talking about the age-old question we all wrestle with. Why? And earlier this week, Johnny Erickson Tata shared with us some of those words from God's Word. She shared her thoughts, and she shared some of her life story of the accident that left her a quadriplegic, and then how the Lord used it in her life.
2: Then, shortly after graduation, I broke my neck. And I was dumbfounded that this could possibly be, this couldn't be an answer to that prayer. Um, And it seemed preposterous and impossible at first. And to me, uh, very cruel that God would take me so seriously. But I've learned over many, many years that um, God's purposes are always wise, specific, and good. And we may not understand them at first, but in time and with trust, uh, he makes it plain.
1: In a moment, we'll chat with another member of the Haven team who is deeply touched by what you just heard from Johnny. But you can hear that entire conversation with Johnny on our Great Stories podcasts, wherever you
0: listen to your podcasts, or you can go to haventoday.org. And then later in the program, we're going to open our Bibles. We do that every day. We're going to look at why we suffer and What to do when a season of suffering comes upon us. But first, we want to mention Johnny Erickson Tata's new book, The Practice of the Presence of Jesus. It's a just-out, hardback book. It's quintessential, Johnny, a book by your nightstand or to encourage someone else who's going through a season of suffering. And we are excited to send you your copy.
1: It's our thank you for your gift of any amount to keep supporting Haven's All About Jesus ministry on the air and sharing the deep love of Jesus all over North America and around the world. So would you make a gift today and request your copy from Haven Ministries? It's The Practice of the Presence of Jesus by Johnny Erickson Tata. And you can do that by going to haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us after the program at one 800 haven That's eight hundred sixty five haven And now let's get started with Matt Papa singing Lord from Sorrows Deep I Call. It's from Psalm 42.
3: Lord from sorrows deep I call When my hope is shaken Torn and ruined from the fall Hear my desperate For so long I've pled and prayed God come to my rescue Even so the thorn remains Still my heart will praise you Storms within my troubled soul Questions without answers On my faith these billows roll God be now my shelter Why are you cast down my soul Hope in Him who saves you When the fires have all grown cold Cause this heart to praise you in the night Be my hope and refuge Till my faith is turned to The Lord my heart will praise you And oh My help, my rock, I will praise him. Sing, oh, sing through the raging storm. You're still my God, my salvation.
0: This is Haven today in a program called The Presence of Jesus. And Matt Papa was singing to us from the Psalms, a psalm that has ministered to many of us in times of sorrow or trouble. That's Psalm 42. And we've heard from so many listeners this
1: week who have heard what Johnny Erickson Tata has been sharing. And, and I have to tell you,
0: Charles and I have been blessed by Johnny's words, haven't we, Charles? We really have. And I've said this before, but I can't think of anyone better to talk with than Johnny And when you talk or sit down with her, there is this just infectious love of Jesus that comes through. There is. And Johnny has touched a
1: lot of others this week, including one of our own team here at Haven. I had the opportunity earlier this week to sit down and record a little bit with Grace Cortez. She's responsible for Haven's social media. And Grace is a first-time mom. She had her... First son just a few months ago, but then last month, she had some health complications that put her in and out of the hospital for most of January. Very, very trying for her and for her family to say the least. But in addition to the physical suffering, her newborn son couldn't be with her in the hospital. So for any moms out there, you can imagine what she's been through. And today Grace is out of the hospital, but not out of the woods, but she still wanted to help prepare for this series with Johnny. And so as she was listening to the recording before it aired, the Lord was ministering to her in a special way. Here's a bit of what Grace had to say.
4: So I got the opportunity to uh, listen to Johnny's interview um, a few days early, just to kind of pull bits for content. And um, as I was just sitting there listening to her, Every word she said just really spoke to me. But towards the beginning, um, she's talking about like uh, her accident and just thanking God for it and how he's used it in her life. And, And she said something. She said, I've learned over many, many years that God's purposes are always wise, specific and good. And we may not understand them at first, but in time and with trust, he makes it plain. Um. And like I was telling you, David, for me, when, um, when I was in the hospital. Um
0: you know, David, you can hear the emotion of everything that she's been through these last few weeks.
1: You can. She had to take a moment there to just regain her composure. But through her tears, Grace shared how afraid she had been, feeling doubts there in the darkness of the hospital room. But she heard Johnny talking about her own last hospital visit and how God never wastes our suffering. So now grace is looking back and starting to see how the Lord is working in her own story.
4: So when I was, um, in the hospital, there is a couple uh, from church, um, who would come and visit me every day. Um, in the evening, the husband would um, bring his guitar and he would, uh, sing worship songs and, um, and he would sing. And right after he would uh, read me a psalm, always read me a psalm. And then he'd Mm. kind of, uh, break it down for me and, and tell me, this is how you can apply this psalm in your life right here, right now. And then he would pray for me. And it just so happened Mm. that every time he was there ministering to me, there would be a nurse that would come in either to Mm to check in on me or to check my vitals. There was just always somebody coming in around that time. Um, And I found it interesting that um, they wouldn't just kind of come in, pop their head in. Oh, she's busy right now. I'll come back later. They would Mm -hmm. stay in the room. They'd remain in the room and just be against the wall. And so I know that they were listening to the songs that were being sung to the Psalm that was being read to the prayer that was being prayed. And so I just began to think, Lord, perhaps that nurse that was in my room that day needed to hear the very truths that I needed to hear. Perhaps they needed to be ministered to as well. And perhaps this is one of the reasons you have me here because the Lord doesn't just use our suffering um, for, for our good, right, and our sanctification. He also uses it to minister to to others, so that others can come to know the Lord, so that others can come to know the Gospel. Um, And so just reflecting on that gave me so much comfort in that. My pain and my suffering, um, it's not being wasted, it's being used by the Lord for His glory.
1: I'm so thankful I got to spend a few minutes talking with Grace about her ordeal, but how the Lord has been ministering to her. And I think this is 2 Corinthians chapter 1 in action. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive
0: from God. And you just heard grace doing that. And that's, of course, one of those verses that needs to be highlighted in every one of our Bibles, Second Corinthians chapter 1. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Haven Today, Charles Morris with David Wolin. We're talking about what it means to practice the presence of Jesus even in suffering. David. Charles, I was thinking this
1: week and you talked about it at the beginning of the program with Taylor Swift. We live in a world that's driven. It's dominated by marketing, by image, by cultivating positive perceptions, curating a reality for social media. And for those who are dominating the headlines today, they're masters at this. It's a coveted kind of power in today's world. I was speaking with a young person recently, someone just in grade school, and I asked her, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she told me, famous. And her reference point, I asked her, she said, well, Taylor Swift, an international enigma, if there ever was one, Charles. Taylor Swift's star power and her leverage, I think, exceeds any other superstar for today anyway. And when she speaks or tweets, people listen. They want what Taylor Swift is selling. It's not because of the value even of what she's endorsing per se, but simply because they've bought into who she is. They want to be just like her. And Charles, as a Christian, as a student of the Bible, to me, that sounds like a near textbook definition of what the Bible describes as discipleship. In ancient times, it wasn't only the prophets like John the Baptist or rabbis like Gamaliel who had disciples. In fact, the Greek word, "mathetes" was a more commonly used word that meant one who learns through instruction under a teacher, essentially a student. So the Greek philosophers, they had students, but really they were disciples. And the mindset of a disciple was a different mindset than that of today's student. It was a little closer to what Taylor Swift fans do. It was a goal to become exactly like their teacher. To speak the way they speak, to think the way they think, to live the way they live. And a disciple didn't just learn subject matter. They were learning a person. So discipleship is learning a person. And for anyone who followed the Lord Jesus Christ back in the first century, in the early church, even today, this is the model. Jesus is not something you just add to your life He's your very identity and your purpose is to become like the Lord Jesus in every way. And it was clear this is exactly what Jesus had in mind as well. What did he say? Luke nine twenty three through 25. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Well, Jesus said this before he went to the cross, and the Lord Jesus spoke no careless words. Unlike us, Jesus never spoke in hyperbole or exaggerated when he chose a word. It was exactly the right word. And Jesus said, if you want to follow me, there's a daily cross for you to pick up and carry. And the rest of the Gospels fill in the blanks. Take John chapter 15, for example. Jesus says, Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. They will treat you in this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. Well, in our time with Johnny Erickson Tata, and we aired the full interview earlier this week, there was something Johnny said just along these exact same lines that put this idea into our modern context
2: when you read the bible thoroughly you understand that god shares his joy on his terms that's right and those terms call for us to in some measure suffer as his precious son suffered um grace is not cheap it comes at quite the cost yes, it does. and that's the cost of uh, blood of Jesus. And so, if we want to get to know this man of sorrows acquainted with our grief, this Jesus who who was ripped to shreds and hung up to dry like a bloody piece of meat on a hook, if we want to get to know him and his sweetness and his nearness, we will have to suffer in some measure, not the amount, but we're going to have to taste deeply Mm -hmm. of afflictions. God. God wants us to feel our afflictions deeply. We want to escape them. Right. We, we want to run away from our weakness. God wants us to feel them deeply so that we might also feel our need of him. That's, right.
0: That's insight gained by personal experience and by our own costly discipleship to the Lord Jesus Christ. Johnny Erickson Tata. And Johnny has used her suffering over these decades to share the light of Christ to a watching world whether it was encouraging the nurses caring for her at the hospital. She just got out of the hospital not too many weeks ago. Or through her writing or through her painting or through her singing, she's devoted her life to share how Jesus changes everything. I think there's a lot to learn from her. So what should we do when we suffer? A couple of things I think we should consider. First, when someone causes us to suffer We need to repay evil with good. Peter wrote a letter to the group of believers around Asia Minor. That's in modern-day Turkey. Those early Christians knew what it meant to suffer. They didn't just face verbal abuse, but physical abuse from hostile neighbors. Their government viewed them with suspicion. And when treated unfairly, it's so easy for any of us to be offended, to make things personal, to get our revenge But Peter showed a better way, a way that reflects the presence of Christ in our lives. 1 Peter 3. Let me pick it up at verse 8. Finally, all of you, be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate. Be humble. Don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, Repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil so when we suffer we have an opportunity to respond in a way that's countercultural by responding with love when we're offended The world will usually respond with insults in return, but not God's people. When we're cursed, we respond with blessing. And why do we do that? Because Christ has blessed us, even though we cursed him on the cross. And this response is rooted in, as you mentioned earlier, David, the heavenly hope that our suffering is not without purpose. So that leads to a second point I'd like to make. What should we do when we suffer? We lean on Jesus. Remember his words in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. But what did he say? He said, take heart. I have overcome the world. When we're going through times of trouble ourselves, those moments when it seems as though darkness is our only friend, we have these words to lean on. He has overcome the world. He's overcome the world on our behalf. We don't have to take matters into our own hands like we think we do. We don't need to repay the evil that comes our way with dishing out more evil. We repay with love and kindness, knowing that the judge of all the earth will do what's right. Well, I quoted First Peter. Recall how that letter ends? He acknowledges suffering. He doesn't sugarcoat it, but he speaks of suffering in light of the hope of the gospel. Chapter five, verse 10, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, will restore you. He'll make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So the bottom line that I want to share today, the presence of Jesus makes all the difference as we experience suffering this side of eternity.
5: Well, it's so hard to know what you're doing So why won't you tell it all plain But you said you'd come back on the third day And Peter missed it again and again So maybe the answer surrounds us But we don't you're all Try to believe what is not to be understood Will you help us to trust your intentions for us are still good Cause you laid down your life and you suffered like I never could
0: Song by Andrew Peterson, Always Good, but there's a backstory there, David Wollen. It was written by Andrew Peterson after his friend's wife died during the birth of their first daughter. And Andrew tells the story about hearing his friend quietly preaching to himself, He is always good, God is always good. Mm. And he wrote that song just after, and even sang it at Mm. the funeral. Charles, that's so impactful. I hadn't known that detail. There's something about the way that
1: suffering is used by God to work something powerful in our own souls that draws us nearer to Jesus, and that's certainly what Johnny and her ministry have done, and it's certainly there in her new book, The Practice of the Presence of Jesus. Charles, I've been enjoying reading this book uh, every night these past few days, and it's a little bit like getting an extension of our interview with her. She's just sharing her heart, which is so deeply saturated in God's Word, and every page of that book is pointing us back to jesus
0: and david i think it's going to lead every one of us nearer to christ which is where we need to be right now
1: and we have this book available as our thank you for your gift of any amount to support this ministry of Haven Today. Without your support, we wouldn't be a broadcast on the air and reaching so many countless people with the programs like the one you just heard. So would you go online right now and visit haventoday.org? That's haventoday.org. You can make your gift there and receive the book by Johnny Erickson Tata, The Practice of the Presence of Jesus. It's our thank you for your support. Or you can call us at 865 Haven. That's 865
0: Haven. I'm Charles Morris and I'm David Walden. Thanks so much for joining us. Won't you come back again tomorrow when on Friday, together, we'll end our week sharing the great story that's all about Jesus on Haven today.
1: For your walk with Jesus, I'm David Wolin with Haven Today, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's February and love is in the air. Heart shaped boxes of chocolates, reservations on Valentine's Day. Nothing wrong with a little romance, especially between a husband and a wife. Marriage was God's idea in the first place. The Apostle Paul writes about love in 1 Corinthians 13, but he's more concerned with how true love behaves. Love is patient love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. And if you want to see perfect love on display, look no further than the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll see him more clearly through time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.